we're talking the top performing tech IPO of 2014 on a tech edition of Industry Focus. TGIF for everybody, I am Sean O'Reilly with the one and only Nathan Hamilton. How are you, Nathan? I'm good. We're doing our first tech industry focus. I'm excited. I uh, I feel like this is the first of many awesome shows for industry focus. Yeah, we've been doing where the money is for some time, but you know we decided to switch it up. Let's get a different name in there. Put put a different label. <coughs> Um, so uh, we're nearing the end of December, end of the year, and we wanted to take a look back and look at basically the top performing tech IPOs of 2014 because it's been sure. one of the hottest performing tech you know, IPO markets since you know, the tech bubble 1999-2000. So <coughs> solve, first and foremost, before we dive in there, solve the, the, the riddle for us. What is the top performing tech IPO of this year? So we've got to get our shockers in Have a I line. heard of it? Have I not heard of it? Yeah. <laughs> yes, it's a company called Zendesk. Da, 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 da. I have not heard of it. Yeah. They're... Um, <laughs> You're not How a new. Big is it? Well, it's it's around a one two billion dollar market cap. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah, but specifically the IPO details uh, hit the market in May, up about almost eighty percent since that time frame. The IPO priced at nine dollars per share. Obviously, it's done pretty well since then. Right. Mm. Cool. Okay. Um, so when did they go public? Because I really May. don't remember these guys. May. May. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I have to, you're going to have to forgive me, I'm not exactly the biggest tech guy in the world. Sure. What did they do? So for the more technical people out there, they're a cloud SaaS company. Okay. For the less technical people. So they kind of get sassy with the... Yeah. <laughs> well, software as a service is what it's referred to. Okay. Um, yeah. No, I knew that. But <laughs> so look at it this way. They provide help desk software. Um, perfect example is, say you and I go into business together, and we start a consumer-facing company that sells widgets, who knows, whatever. Yeah. Um, to have our help center or support desk, we would have to you know, buy the infrastructure, get the servers set up, um, all the routers, every piece of infrastructure to get our customer service department set up. Essentially, Zendesk provides this as a cloud-based platform. Okay. So it's a, lower, um, you know, it's a lower cost alternative for, say, you and I starting a business. And you know, really, when it comes down to it, it just speaks to a lot of different trends in tech where you've got cloud ruling everything from you know, images to software as a service, platforms as a service, and so forth. So they're definitely an enabler of consumer-facing businesses. Yeah, no the doubt. The average you know, Joe and Jane, they're not going to run into Zendesk. Well, it depends. There, there are a lot of companies, um, say industrial companies, that um, work internally where they use Zendesk's platform, say, for ticket management, like a tech support desk may use it internally. So it's not always 100% consumer facing, but it's more um, managing every aspect of some sort of relationship within a company or maybe externally with customers. Okay. Mm -hmm. So what's their value offering as like, you know, our widget company for example? Sure. Why would we use Zendesk over I don't know, getting a guy that used to run one of these things to just help us set it up and just figuring it out on our own. Yeah. It's cheap and easy. Okay, so yeah. it is cheaper. Absolutely. Okay. You know, no doubt about it. If we look at cloud platforms and software as a service, that's really the intent is to offer a cheaper model. Because if you look at it, our, us starting up our company, it costs a lot of money to buy right. servers. It costs a lot of money to buy all of that infrastructure to set up our you know, customer service or ticketing management, any sort of help desk platform. Got it. Okay. Do we have any really good big name examples that we do. They, uh, they helped out? Yeah. Um, you know, if you look over their website, you'll find a lot of different companies they work with. 
if you look at their actually growth, their actual growth as well, they added three thousand subscribers in the most recent oh, wow. quarter, and that's up to almost fifty thousand. Which, if we look back a few years ago, was wow. ten thousand yeah. customers. So you know, kind of exponential growth in, sure, in customer yeah. accounts. But we'll point out one company, or I don't, I don't know if we can call it a company specifically, but an organization, my hometown football team, the Denver Broncos. Oh man, used use Zendesk to create their help desk. And if you look at it, um, the company provides some details on how the Broncos set up their help desk and essentially did this within a few hours. You know, if we look back 10 years ago. That would take our widget company. Exactly. Weeks. I mean, well, probably even longer yeah. than that because you have to set up all the contracts, relationships. Right. This is a lower cost model. Um, if you look at the other value proposition of it, you know, I mentioned Simple. Mm-hmm. This is, it, you know, if you look over their platform, and you try to understand what they're doing, they're trying to make it as simple as possible to use. That's why the Broncos could set it up in a few hours. Got it, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, uh, Peyton Manning's been doing a lot of Papa John's commercials. Yes. He'll be doing commercials for Zenda. <laughs> <laughs> we'll um, see. Yeah, no. Um, so obviously they've got a great value offering. They're cheaper and re- way faster than anything anybody could do. Um, before we dig into, because um, I'm curious about the valuation and if they're actually making any money. Um, yeah. Are they profitable? Like, how how's that look? So it's a common IPO. So okay. we can assume um, right now their operating income and earnings negative. They recently did go cash flow positive, mm-hmm. which for an IPO, not every IPO can do that. Um, the company is approximately seven years old. Okay. Um, so as we look at it, you know, <clears throat> if you look at their guidance and, and so forth, they're guiding for around 123 to 125 million in revenue. Mm-hmm. That's up from about a hundred low hundreds. I believe it was 111 million in um, the most recent fiscal year. So it's not a huge jump. What's going on there? Yeah. So I mean, they're adding customers. Maybe the growth has slowed a little bit. Mm-hmm. But <clears throat> I mean, if you look at it, you know, you have to sort of looking at the valuation of the company. If you look at it on paper, it says 15 times sales. Anybody Sheesh. looking at that valuation says, well. Whoa. You know, pump the brakes. It's it's a really rich valuation, but you have to take into account what the company is, and ultimately, SaaS companies are subscription-based revenue companies. And that's what I was going to ask: was their competitive position like how big the moat is? But also, yeah. do they get like legacy revenues because that can actually get really good for yeah. somebody down the line. And and that's that all plays into the valuation. If you look at it, they're not the first company to come into this market. There's um, Salesforce.com. Mm-hmm. Huge market cap company, uh, rules the enterprise space for help desk software and customer relationship management platforms as a whole. Um, Zendesk has more of a simplified platform, okay. and they do want to take obviously some of right. um, Salesforce's business. But so look at Zendesk, seven-year-old company. Um, it's all about subscription revenue, and if you look at subscription revenue. What the revenue is now is not a representation of what it will be in the future. Right. So a lot of the revenue is back-end loaded. If you look at it, okay, 15 times sales based upon the last 12 months. Okay, that's a picture of where sales are today. But it's not a picture of where the sales are going to be in the future. Zendesk is growing pretty rapidly. Like I said, the customer accounts that Mm -hmm. that they're gaining. Um, So no doubt, it's a rich valuation. It's an IPO, up almost 80%. But... It's not a true representation of the valuation as a whole. So how does this lead into, because it sounds like this company is a competitor to Salesforce.com, so they're starting to get a little, how does this speak to the broader trends in the tech industry where they're going towards outsourcing this sort of thing and just what's going on? 
Well, I mean, if you look at it, outsourcing as a whole, cloud services, that's a trend. That's we've talked, yeah. Yeah, we've talked a lot about um, Amazon and AWS, Microsoft Cloud Platforms. Um, it's all a lower cost way to get a business running. And the, the one, what I find most interesting about it, just looking at broader trends in tech over you know, the last decade and where things are going to, to the future, there's a saying among engineers or programmers that the user is always right. Mm -hmm. So if your grandmother were yeah. to hop on Zendesk and can't use it, it's not she's wrong. It's because they haven't been able to create a platform that's easy enough to use that anyone can learn to do it. Okay. So if we look at where this comes from, um, you know, you can kind of trace it back to, to Google. Google's algorithm, one of their founding uh, factors is um, they mentioned our search algorithm, if it doesn't deliver the right result, it's not because the user's wrong. It's because we aren't We're doing wrong, a good yeah. enough job of interpreting your search inquiries. Okay. So, you know, you back that up to Apple, Apple's iOS platform uh, or, or um, operating system. So. The whole draw of it is it's easy to use. Very, very simple, yeah. clean, and, crisp. Yep. Yeah. And that's why Apple has been able to become as popular as it has. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Okay. Very good. Um, so uh, real quick, just diving into the uh, financials of the company, what do we have? So as I mentioned, guiding for about $123, $125 million in the fiscal year. Okay. Um, you know, cash flow positive, barely cash flow positive. A little bit. So I don't think it's anything they can hang a hat on and say, Hey, this is you know a, a big milestone for them. But if you look at the company in the most recent quarter, they actually underinvested in headcount. Okay. And they're growing fast enough where they're trying to invest more in in growing the headcount because as a company grows rapidly, you obviously need the employees to help that growth. Right. So. Okay. And um, is there anything there on the balance sheet between? Because um, obviously, one of the conventions of gap accounting is you have to uh, uh, record revenue as earned. Mm -hmm. How long are these contracts? Like, how does that work? Can you paint kind of a picture there? So I don't know how long the contracts typically extend for, but one important factor to watch is going to be the retention rate because you've got a subscription model, um, you know, bringing, say, our new business on as a customer to right. Zendesk. They want us for 10, yeah, however long. They want a sticky customer. Yeah. So one thing to focus on is what is the company's retention rate. And one area that, or one metric that the company uses to measure this is um, dollar retention rate, and it's essentially looking at one year from now, say in the most recent quarter, they're about 123% is their dollar retention rate. So that's $123 compared to the year before, $100 from the customer. So it shows that they're growing, they're bringing the customers in, upselling them, retaining them, and able to increase that revenue over awesome. the longer term. And we keep selling our widgets, and they keep helping us sell them. Hopefully. Customer service. Awesome. Yep. Very good. Billion dollar business, we IPO, and then become rich. Perfect. Yep. Yeah. And then we retire to the Hawaii. Exactly. Uh, well, there you have it, folks. That is the top performing tech IPO of 2014. Um, now, before we go, we talk a lot about high growth dividend stocks on industry focus and Motley Fool David Gar uh, co-founder David Gardner has a checklist, believe it or not, of six different things that he looks for in growth stocks to invest in. He's been doing this extremely successfully for over 20 years now. Uh, so if you want to access David's checklist to basically act as a filter between what might make a good tech growth stock to invest in, send us an email to growth at fool.com and we'll send you this free checklist over to you. Once again, that's growth at fool.com. For Nathan Hamilton, I am Sean O'Reilly and this is the Tech Edition of Industry Focus. Thanks for listening and Fool on.